0: this is Donna Otto, and we are modern. Homemakers, very, very modern are we. And we are modern in fact in the best ways in that we are trying to keep you informed about all sorts of things that are available to you. And in the next few days, we're going to tie down this calendar year, September through June, of podcasting. We will take July and August off and you will be able to find in those days 10 top watched, listened, heard shows of modern homemakers. And we've been doing this now for over 15 years. So we have a lot of shows and they're not all archived. We've been talking a lot this year about you have to get started to get finished. And we've been talking about many places to organize in your home And we've been going through room by room and place by place. Today, I want to talk to you about another very important area that needs organization, needs attention. And I'm going to start by a very true, fresh story. So, once a year, my husband and I take an account of what we spend every day for 30 days. He keeps an account of his spending, I keep an account of my spending we both find it uh, twofold. The first part of it is, for the first few days, we don't go anywhere or do anything because we're not going to put anything on our account sheets. We just have the sense of be careful. That's the first few days. The next few days, we, we get more realistic and we do what we normally do. So it helps right away because it makes me conscious of the $5 $5 this or the $2.85 or the protein style in and out burger for $4.29. Well, I could have easily stopped to get something at home. But this time we had this very interesting small event and it had to do with our finances. So it was a long day. We had been out most of the day doing a number of things. And David suggested that we get some takeout food to take home. Well, I'm all over that. I said, yeah, let's do that. And so, where we decide the Thai food, I pick up the phone, I have it on my fast dial, I order the food. By the time we get there, it's going to be ready. So, we continue our ride. We get there, we pull up in front of the restaurant, and I wait, and David doesn't move. And he says, Do you want to go in, or shall I go in? I don't want to put it on my day. <laughs> I laughed so hard. We are both, he didn't want to put it on his day. I didn't want to put it on my day. It doesn't really matter because we're going to do it anyway. But there is a sense of accountability to oneself and a sense of accountability that this end of this month, David is going to look at every dime I spent and I'm going to look at every dime him, he spent. Now remember, when it comes to money at our house, there are two S words. David is the saver and I am the spender. And after a very long marriage and lots of financial arguments, we've never, thank the Lord, had anything that looks like financial trouble. Um, We have been blessed abundantly. Uh, We have more than we need, and we have had much more to share than most people ever get to share. So we're very grateful. But that doesn't stop the fact that we often had had heated discussions about what to buy and what not to buy. So I want to give you a few things that have become a way of life for us. They're called the three G's of money. That's what I call them. There's glory, greedy, and generous. You know, babies come out of the womb as takers, users. And we have to teach our children by modeling it, what it means to give. Our sin nature is to take. Our sin nature is to hoard. Our sin nature is to keep for ourselves and not share for others. You know, I love this sort of nuanced word when you say someone is careful with money or someone is cheap. Do you know the difference? Did you just, can you just feel it even in the sounds of the word? Maybe I'm emphasizing careful sounds really nice, doesn't it? Cheap, the way I say it, sounds really awful, doesn't it? But, but we have known people who are careful. Careful. They literally watch every dime, every day, every week. They don't pop into the Starbucks for a six-buck coffee and don't register it. They're careful. But they're never cheap. They're never cheap. And then there are those who are cheap. And the cheap ones tend to make you feel that everything they do for you is a great and wonderful thing. Or they bring a potluck dish and it serves three people, not six people. Or they have things to give away and they don't give them away. They try to take them to a you know, consignment store for the time it takes them to do it and what little money they're going to get on it. Lots of little ways Um, And for me, that's always a hard relationship to have with someone who's cheap. Webster defines save as to deliver from sin. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's interesting? Budget was literally uh, a pouch or a holder for valuables. So we budget so that we can store and hold what we have and what has been given to us by God back to him. The scripture tells us not to be in debt, because then we are controlled by the person who we are indebted to. A mom can stay home with her kids if she doesn't have too much debt. But if she gets pregnant and wants to stay home with her kids and they're in debt, the debtor, the credit card, the mortgage, the car payment, the car lease payment, whatever it is, is now what controls the destiny of the family. So Watch out for these things. Watch out for them. In fact, they do become your controllers. Very seldom in our life are you in a place where you can save both time and money. So often we are in a place where are saving time, and that means eating out more. That saves time. Or we can save money, but we can't save time. And so I want you to think about what kind of things in your life are budget busters. And so he, I have a few for you. You have to make a new one. You have to get a new one. Uh, it has to be new. You, your housing can become a budget buster. You know when the scripture doesn't say that we should own property, when you hear people talk about the dream of home ownership, that's an American dream. It's a lovely dream. And it's certainly a practical thing to do if you can, but it's not a dream worthwhile giving up things that are more important for. Eating out too often or too high on the hog. We spend $2.50 per minute for every minute we're in the grocery store over 30 minutes. $2.50 per minute. And that number has to have grown because that is a statistic that may be eight or nine years old. And lastly, Budget busters are new cars. New cars. Why do we need a new car? <laughs> this is also a very fresh story. A very dear friend of mine had her car in the shop and expected to have it done when they came home, and it wasn't. She said, "Could I borrow your car?" And I said, "Sure. We we have two cars, and sure." So she borrowed our car. Oh, and she loved our car, but she has a car that's a newer model, and she said, "You know, I can't wait till you get a new car." Because you'll have that beeping device that when you have a blind spot on your car, either right or left, and you start to move in that direction, the car automatically starts beeping and it will protect you and I thought, oh my gosh that is that would be that would be a wonderful thing to have of all the things that I've always been nervous about in driving it's that changing lens can i see can I not see And. Are yeah, my reflexes good today? Is my neck feeling good? I'll be able to catch it. And I thought, oh, that's a great idea. What did she do? She put in my little heart, oh, a new car with having that device would be such a good thing. I told David about it. And we laughed out loud thinking, yes, these are the very kinds of budget busters. We don't need a new car. Our car is just running fine. Our car is paid for. Our car is sufficiently wonderful. We don't need a new car. So let's talk about 10 topics to save money. One, have a budget. Two, make menu plans and grocery lists. We talked about this last month when we talked about organization of the kitchen. Three, ask credit card companies to reduce their interest rates. You've been with a credit card company for a long time and you started out with them and your credit wasn't looking too good. They charged you some absorbent rate. Paying your bill off every month is the best way to do it. But if you can't do it and you're running an interest rate, please ask them if they can reduce their interest rate. Four, read labels before buying clothes for cleaning instruction. Read labels for buying appliances or cars or anything that you'll need to know what it'll cost for you to maintain that garment. Hand wash are you a hand washer? Don't buy it if you're not. Fragile cycle, you don't have a fragile cycle on your washing machine. Don't buy it. Five, buy used cars, used clothing, used furniture. All of those used things save the depreciation on the items that you're buying. We have never bought a new car and we probably never will. Six, regularly check the cost of services like your phone service, your uh, internet service, your insurance service, your banking services. Regularly check them. Try to bank all in one bank if you uh, can meet their lowest level, silver, gold, platinum levels of money in deposit, and there are no charges for any of your banking. Seven, keep a spending log, as I just mentioned, once a month every year. Eight, Use coupons and gimmicks to their advantage, but don't let the coupon be to your advantage. You can get Spotify Premium for 99 cents a month. Just don't sign up for it when you're done. Get the 99 cents, but don't get hooked into $15 a month when it's over. Don't buy on impulse. You know, the big box stores, the warehouse stores, are all about impulse buying. That's how they make their money. That's how they make their money. So don't impulse buy. All you have to do is say to yourself something simple. N- I'm not buying anything over $25 unless I've had 24 hours to think about it. Okay? Just, just make it a rule. And you say to yourself, yeah, but to- I am going to buy this. And I'm going to come back tomorrow. Well, maybe you won't. Maybe in 24 hours you'll think about it again and you won't need it. Those are budget busters. Money itself is not carnal. Money itself is not sinful or good. It's what we do with it. That's what makes it useful, generous, stewarding, or sinful. There are over 2,000 verses in the Bible on money, more than any other topic in the Bible. And so make a clear understanding in your own lives of what the Bible says about money. So glory. All the glory belongs to God. We have nothing that we did not receive from him, and so we should not act like it belongs to us or that we've earned it. We get in this posture, I work very hard for what I have. Yes, you do, but God gave you the physical capabilities to do that. Haggai 2.8 says that all the silver and all the gold belongs to him. 1 Timothy 6 and 17 says that God provides us with things for our enjoyment, so that we would steward it for ourselves and others. Are we too busy to get more stuff to enjoy for what, what we have? When you think about all the stuff you have, are you so busy taking care of it that you can possibly add something else to your role of maintenance and caring for it? If God chooses to take his stuff from you, can you accept that? Have you had a fabulous job and now you don't have a fabulous job and you have to reduce your lifestyle? Uh, You're not as young as you used to be and you can't take care of things the way you used to do them. The building you live in requires the windows to be clean and you can't afford a window cleaner and you can't wash them yourself. These kinds of successes that the Lord gives us and he can take away. Proverbs asks these questions. Are you hasty with money are you stubborn about money? Are you lazy about money? Do you indulge yourself with money? Are you shady in your dealings? And I'm going to put that resource up for you to find the Proverbs where all of those questions are asked. Greedy. A minute ago I said to you that money itself is not good or sinful. It's amoral. But 1 Timothy 6.10 tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. When Proverbs asks the question, when is enough enough? Can you answer that question for yourself? When is enough enough? Is there enough money to make in a year? Is there enough things to own in a lifetime? What is your relationship to more and more? How do you feed the dinosaur? Or do we have enough? do you know the answer to Ecclesiastes? When is enough enough? If we have too much stuff and we don't save things because we are afraid we won't get another one, usually the reason why we have too much stuff is that we're afraid we'll never get another one. A few things that make you realize when you are greedy. Greedy. That's what First Timothy is talking about when he tells us that we have the love of money. I, I, it pains me greatly to say this more often than I like and to think it more often than I like, that America has become an extraordinarily greedy country. What does greediness look like? More, yes. Not having a realization of when enough is enough. We are greedy about how we spend our time. We are greedy about how we spend our money. We are greedy about how much money we should have. We are greedy about having the newest and brightest tool. Here are seven little things that would be triggers for you to recognize if you are greedy. You forget God. You don't trust God. You listen to the lie of the world, which is you can have what you want. You compromise your biblical truth. To get something. You're ungrateful or unsatisfied. You rob God or you rob others. Hmm. Those are harsh words. I'm not a robber, but I rob God when I'm not faithful to stewarding my money, when I'm not tithing or supporting various entities, especially my church. You rob others when you take their time or when you're not careful with their belongings. And when do you compromise your biblical beliefs? That seems like a very educated, complicated question. I don't think so. I think when you don't pay your bills on time, you've compromised your biblical belief because you signed a document saying you would. I think you compromise your biblical beliefs in some situations when we file for bankruptcy because it's the easy way out. I think we compromise our biblical beliefs when very clearly the airline says that these miles are to be used for you, and you want to use them for your your kid. Watch how you compromise your biblical beliefs. Lastly, generous. The IRS says that as a national average, only 1.7 tenths of a percent of our average gross income goes to charity. Now, I will say that the millennial generation is changing that number significantly. They are very philanthropic and very willing to hand over resources to help charity and philanthropy. We're born selfish. Remember that. I started with this. We come out of the womb saying, "I want, I want." It's me that darling little poem I used to read about. What you have is mine. What I see is mine. What I want is mine. Mine, 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 mine. Those are the things that a two-year-old says when it comes to their toys. Do you feel that way about your things, or are you generous? Every time we are generous, we give away a little of ourselves, and we give away a little of something we own time in particular, God has the most generous spirit. He gave his only son. Are we generous because we want the glory? Are we generous because we want to be thanked? Are we generous because we want we na- our name on the building? No, we are generous because God calls us to be generous. And we are generous because we understand that it all belongs to him and none of it belongs to me. We are generous if we are following his principles. 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 through 19. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so they may take hold of the life that really is life. Budgeting is a really important process. It's it's something that you do that will help you get rid of budget busters, will help you and your husband save money, you and your family save money, teaching your children to budget. Ben Franklin said a penny saved is a penny earned. And Donna Otto has added to that every penny matters. After my husband and I saved 100,000 pennies, um, we, we did one penny at a time from the time our daughter was 13 years old until she got married at 31 years old. We bought her wedding garments and clothes with those pennies. Every penny matters. Budget because God owns it all. Budget to work, budget to save, and budget to plan. We have to work harder because we waste so much, especially on food. So, I encourage you as you think about budgeting, as you think about resources, to take Timothy's words, Paul's words to Timothy, to heart that we are to give ourselves away. Give ourselves away. Do good to be rich in good works. God will reward you for how you take care of His stuff. Well, I'm Donna Otto, and this is Modern Homemakers. Don't forget our website, which has all sorts of tools and resources for you. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. God will make it a very uncommon day of stewarding his stuff.